I think I'm higher. I think I got higher because I'm in Idaho. All right. I don't know. It's like it's wrong, you know, so I got more high. What do you <laughs> what? You're listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. I'm in a small conservative town in Idaho. And Adam, Adam, where are you, as always? Adam is here in the Bay Area, Marin County. And Noah, are you recording your video? I forgot to ask you. What I'm, what, yeah, I am. What I, what I meant is, are you in mom's living room? The answer is yes, you are in mom's living room. Yes, I am definitely in mom's, li- mom's living room. Still Can I here. tell you something weird? We still don't... here. Brute X. <laughs> Brood, brood X. So do you think that, like, I'm brood, brood X Xing in mom's living years, room. Where it took 17 years to hatch that you're kind of like brood X in mom's living room. Yeah, I'm bro- I'm brood X. I'm building my little my little turret to come out of eventually. My little uh, my little dust Ab- tower. Ab- absolutely disgusting. This podcast is sponsored by the Four Sigmatic Coffee. Whatever the- coffee you guys are drinking. Adam, why do we love Four Sigmatics? It's got a bunch of mushrooms in it, right? It's got a bunch of mushrooms. It's got chaga in it. It's got lion's mane. And it has cordyceps as well. And, and apparently some kind of Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> right? For both sexes. Yeah, but, but just it's, for your it's nipples. Absolutely, but just for your nipples. and testosterone Viagra. Not for the penis. Amazing. Just for your nipples. Anyway, just your nipples. Viagra only for the nipple. Whatever you guys are drinking, you would just be doing more work. You'd be having less of a come down. And you'd be smarter with Four Sigmatic, and that's what we drink. L'chaim. L'chaim. I'm showing it in the video. Um, Adam. Yep. Gripes. Noah, these are the gripes. We gripe to each other for 30 seconds each about something mildly irritating. Okay, so I'm going to go first with my gripe. My gripe is, there. so there is an epidemic of uh, cicadas. There's an epidemic of locusts. There's also an epidemic of rich... Jews. 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 <laughs> an epidemic of Jews? Of Jews. There's an epidemic of rich Bay Area couples with Dodge Sprinter vans. Bay Area couples with Dodge Sprinter Rich Bay Area couples with Dodge. So what is a Dodge Sprinter van? It's a giant, super tall car that you've probably seen. It costs a bajillion, about a bajillion dollars. Costs about a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And one, if you are a super rich dollars. Bay Area couple, what you do is you get those Sprinter vans and you fill it with a bunch of empty gasoline tanks and like bikes. So it looks like you're in Mad Max. Right. So it looks like you might, you know, it you might like come out of you, Mad Max. You might have a bunch of motorcycles in there, and you just drive them around. But you really just drive them to Starbucks and back. But it looks like it you looks could like go. You might be going to Burning Man all year. Yeah, like it looks like you could go, go to Burning Man at any Man. second. At any second, you might go to the burn. So when I was going to the right. park on at my any bike, moment, any moment, when I was going to the park on my bike, there were four Dodge Sprinter vans blocking the entrance to the park. Four of them, and the things that were pulling out of them were, they were pulling out of them. About ten eight thousand dollar bike. I don't know, like how much is the nicest mountain bike you've ever seen? About a t- eight thousand dollar, you know, trek or right. specialized yeah. bike that they're pulling out of their giant sprinter vans to go on their little trek and come back. So you know what? I'm on to you. Here's the thing, Dodge Sprinter van couples. <laughs> Here's the thing. Cause, okay, so so we've been we've been tra- Ashley and I, me and my fiance. The reason I'm in Idaho, small time Idaho, mm-hmm. we're traveling around the country trying to figure out where we're gonna live. Right. And one thing that's really funny is you get to see all these different cultures of these towns. And so we went to Bend, Oregon. The thing about being in a rich liberal town is that not only do you need to buy a huge house, but once you get the huge house, you also need to buy a humongous Dodge Sprinter van and pack it with outdoor gear and park it right in front of your house. Do you think that comes with the house or does it separate buy? Here's the thing. That's that custom Sprinter van costs as much as most people's houses themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like your second house, basically, after you buy the first ridiculous house. Also, yeah. my gripe, my gripe, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, number number one, when did we get to a point where you you have to you have to pay like around five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars to get a house somewhere that is that is desirable? Wait, only, not, I, only I five know, to when th- we got to this only five to six thousand. I mean, five to six, five to six hundred thousand, five five hundred thousand to six hundred thousand. Right, right. 
to get a house like on the fringes of desirable. Right on on the right you side of I mean? the tracks, like, but still even... seeing the train. You can still see the train, but it's on the good side of the tracks. No, like you're definitely still no. You're definitely still gonna, you're definitely going to be on the wrong side of the tracks actually, but you're going to be close to being on the right side to to the walkway that goes you know, over the tracks. You're close to the walkway. I just it just sucks. I don't know where when we got here, but we're definitely here now, and so that's the reality. Um, the the other thing about these small towns is that it feels like you can either live in a liberal town, which is great for a lot of reasons, but has a horrendous homeless problem, right? So you can either have homeless people or you can go to a conservative town in Idaho and that, that we're in right now, which is absolutely beautiful with no homeless people and no crime, but they love Jesus. So you either get homeless or Jesus. And it just, I wish that I didn't have to choose between homeless and Jesus. Whoa, three prize. Guys, guys, I mean, don't um, play that too sure. loud in Idaho. Don't. <laughs> what happens if you play that in Idaho? Let me just make sure my windows and doors, my windows and doors are closed here. Well, speak to our Idaho listeners. Can I say, speak to our Idaho listeners. Hey, Idaho listeners, we love you. Thank you very much for listening. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I absolutely love it. I'm just a little bit afraid that I would be the only Jew here. And that that's it. That's that's what I have to say. I'd just be a little bit afraid of that. No, are you ready to play a game? And, and people are very nice, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This might break the play game. this might break the Millennium Falcon, but I'm gonna share my screen. Dude, don't don't do it. <laughs> okay. Here it is. No. All right, can you see that insect? <laughs> that is fucking nasty. All right, you All right we're gonna to we're gonna play we're gonna play name that insect. Where first you're gonna describe what you're seeing, and then you're gonna try to guess what it is. All right, all right, all right. And the audience is gonna guess along with me. So, so let me let me let me describe that. Okay, it is it has a black head. It has red eyes. It's nasty. It's on. A, it has humongous wing. Oh, wings are most of its body. I would I would say that it's a cicada. Correct. That is a cicada. Do you see how colorful Bang, it is, though? Baby. Isn't that it has red yeah, eyes and yellow I didn't know wings? Had red eyes. Yeah, they have red eyes. That is fucking. The thing about cicadas is that when Brood X is just smashing against your windshield, you don't take the time to like really look at it. You're just like this, <laughs> this thing is nasty. How about this guy? What are you seeing? Describe what you're seeing. Oh, I know exactly what that is. Okay, so it is a. It, it looks like a grasshopper. Um, it is. It is yellow. And maybe it has spotted brown dots, and that is definitely a locust. Yeah, it looks like a. They look like big grasshoppers, don't they? Are they actually well, grasshoppers? I, I more to, uh, yes. So just let's do this morphology. I didn't know this either. They are actually grasshoppers. Yeah, they, they definitely look like it. Okay, how about this guy? A, lo, a, a locust. A locust is a grasshopper. Describe this guy. Uh that is. Okay, Adam's showing me a picture of what looks like a a centipede. But it, but like a larva, like a centipede larva. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this larva. It's a set of fucking larva. Apparently, it's called <laughs> it's called an centipede ar- larva. <laughs> it's called an army worm. An army, an army worm. worm. Yeah, they are another insect plague on the east coast. I guess I've never seen one before, but it does look like a fat centipede, right? Kind of a fat size. Jewish people. No, what is our topic today? Yeah. Our topic today is insect invasion. Part usual, we have an absolutely packed episode. I'm going to go over locusts, including historic U.S. locust swarms and the crazy African locust swarms that we see. And then, Adam, what are you going into? Oh, I also had termites for you. I forgot to show termites. But they look like ants. They're like, they're like shiny ants. Aren't they white? Yeah, they're, uh, they're like brown. They're like light brown and white. I am going to go into Brood you- X a little bit more about why Brood X happens and what people are doing about it and why it's so crazy and how it relates to the COVID birth rate. Wow. COVID birth rate of humans? That was my teaser, yeah. 
All right, that's good. I like that. Adam, in games that don't suck, you have 60 seconds tells everything we need to know about insect invasions to enjoy the episode. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I am ready. Three, two, one, go. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow. They will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have Fuck left you, after the no. hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. Okay, who said that? Who said that, Noah? Did you just set a locust swarm on Idaho? <laughs> that was Moses is that what you just did? talking to Pharaoh in the Old Testament, <laughs> in the book of Exodus, okay? But these swarms that happened in biblical times, in yea olden times, they're not just a thing that happened back then. No, giant swarms of bugs, Noah, they exist today. And they fulfill a unique role in the Earth's ecology. So today we are looking at insect swarms and how they affect life on Earth. So, Noah... Do 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 because I don't have the sound effects pulled up. What is our theme today? That was. I think you could do better than that. Do 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 do. Our theme, our theme is nasty, just fucking nasty because these things are absolutely nasty. That's our theme. Um, okay. So first off, I'm gonna go into what is a locust. As we mentioned before, a locust is actually just a grasshopper. It is. It is a type of grasshopper. Um. The crazy thing about about locusts is that they completely change their body, their body size, and even their brain when they turn into a locust. So they actually they start off as this little small brown grasshopper, and they're a very solitary creature. So they're wandering the plains, eating crops, eating crops of grass, but they're not collecting in those huge swarms you see on TV of locusts. Okay, so. What happens is like is like an environmental condition. So usually now it'll get wetter from like from a monsoon, and that little brown grasshopper will completely will morph. It'll become bigger. It'll become yellow, and its its actual brain will change. And instead of being solitary, it starts to it likes to attract other locusts. So a locust is a grasshopper. There it is. A I found locust it. I found is the a button. grasshopper. Mm-hmm. A locust, again, a locust is a grasshopper. Is it a grasshopper? That, um, okay. It's a grasshopper is it that a gr- responds it's a grasshopper. to and changes into a locust. Adam, mm-hmm. the Rocky Mountain locust swarm. Okay? <laughs> this is, did That's, you know that... It almost sounds like my Friday night. In the, <laughs> the Rocky Mountain locust swarm? It's weirder when I make jokes for you without seeing your face because there's this weird pause where I don't know if you're going to accept the joke or you're going to rebuff Can the I tell joke. you what's... A, can I tell you what's happening to me is that I'm talking to you, but the only thing I see is the video recording me on the phone. And so it's like I'm talking to myself. It's very disconcerting. Yeah, no, okay, it anyway. is. It is. Okay, but the, the, the Millennium Falcon is running, and that's all that matters in the end. <laughs> the Rocky Mountain locust swarm, Adam. Yeah. What's, what's crazy? I didn't know. Did you know that the biggest locust swarm uh, ever in history happened in the U.S.? It didn't happen in Egypt? In, in Moses' land? He, pa- he, he pauses for dramatic effect. The the biggest locust swarm ever happened in the United States. In the U and where in in the south southeastern United States, southeastern. Well, it's called the it's called the Rocky Mountain locust swarm, <laughs> oh. right? So right, <laughs> there, yeah. So in eighteen seventy seventy nine, eighteen seventy five, excuse me, there was a humongous locust swarm, and this one was generated by a drought, which is weird because the huge like the mega swarms that you see in Africa now, those are generated by the added hurricanes by climate change or the added moisture because we're having more hurricanes. It was generated by the drought three. Yeah, it was the drought. <laughs> it, was, it was a little way to drought three came out. Mm-hmm. So imagine there are, oh, I already went into that. Um, why do, lo- so the, the crazy thing is like, why do locusts when they have an environmental shift, why do they change from, being a solitary brown creature to a humongous yellow creature that wants to fly in the air with a bunch of others. Oh, they change color. Um, this is a, yeah, they change color too, and their brain changes. Their mm-hmm. their brain changes. They just change to a different creature. Mm-hmm. The grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Is that wild? Yeah. Um, this quote is according to Rick Rick Overson of Arizona State University, Arizona State University's Global Locust Initiative. Okay. Locusts tend to live in in areas where resources that they need are very unpredictable. The strongest hypothesis is that these crazy, unpredictable dynamics select evolutionarily for this ability to go through these dramatic changes. 
to respond when you can capitalize on a rare opportunity and also have capacity to migrate. So basically, the reason that they change is because they have an opportunity to reproduce. They just go and eat. They just go crazy because usually they're living in harsh areas that don't have a lot of resources for them. Well, where do, so they're living in the Rocky Mountains, right? That doesn't have a lot of resources for them? Is it is too high up? Not a lot so of food? I, no, so, so the way that locusts work is that normally they're just like they're these creatures that are barely surviving. On these, on these, so in Africa, in Kenya, they live on like the harsh plains, or the Rocky Mountains is super arid, right? So they're living in these harsh environments. When extra moisture comes into Africa, right? When extra moisture comes into Africa, they're like, "Oh shit, we need to capitalize on this extra moisture and reproduce a ton." Mm-hmm. So, and that's why they switch from a grass to become a locust from the grasshopper. Oh, so they, they're okay. Okay, so they are. They actually switch, like they switch more than their color. Is what you're saying? Do they morphologically change? Dude, they literally change to a different creature. Their brains. It, it's like if you, it's like you know, like it's it's kind of like the Hulk, honestly. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. I, like, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. They switch to a different creature because their brains, their brain changes. Oh my God. Okay. Is and it? They don't. Sw- how does yeah, their brain that, change at the same? How does it change at the same time? All of them change. How do all of them change at the same time? You're asking. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, I don't know. They sense a certain condition in the environment together, and they're like, "Let's fucking change." Also, when when one of them changes to a locust, they start to like attract the other the other grasshoppers and locusts. So maybe once one changes, they feel that that one has changed. It causes like a chain reaction. Can a locust? I'm asking for the species. Can a locust mate with it with the original grasshopper? Because if they can't, that would mean that they literally become a different species. Do you know what I'm? You know what I'm asking? That is a great. That is a great. That's a great question, and I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I thought that's you. I thought you might not. Um. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's a. That's dig it. That's digging deep. In 1875, the swarm that devastated American agriculture again. The, again, the Rocky Mountain locust swarm. Mm-hmm. It covered 195,000 miles, or the swarm was bigger than the state of California. Mm-hmm. So the entire state of California would have been blanketed by a locust. Yeah. How about a swarm, the swarm of Californians moving to Idaho? Right. And that's the thing that people, the Idahoans are afraid of, mm-hmm. right? Is a locust swarm of Californianers. Brood X, if you will. Yeah, Brood, brood X. X for Idaho is, Calif- is Californianers moving to Idaho. Yeah. Do you want to be part of Brood X, of the movers? I can't tell. I, I, I can't tell. I honestly, I just go into it. We're, we're in our, it's the most frustrating place I've ever been because it's so beautiful. I, I call it Hawaii because it looks like Hawaii and Idaho had a baby. You wouldn't believe it. You're like, am I in Idaho? It's so beautiful. This town is so safe and amazing. But I just feel, you know, and I love you, Idaho listeners. Thank you for listening. But I just feel, you know, deep down, deep, deep down is that, you know, there might be a little bit of Jewish hate here. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a tiny amount. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to close my door. I'm going to close my windows. Close the windows. Anyway, um, so Locust Swarm, Rocky Mountain Locust Swarm, it's as big as the state of California. Um, it weighed, if you weighed all the locust bodies in the swarm, it weighed 27.5 million tons. Um, the swarm was so bad because after it, it like, it just moved across, it basically moved across, across the, uh, the corn belt, the agricultural belt, um, that states started to erect locust bounties. So Missouri gave a dollar for each bushel of killed locusts that you did, that you killed in Nebraska. If you were between the ages of 16 and 60, you had to spend two, two days a month fully committed to killing locusts. Or the state would would fine you ten dollars. It would give you a ticket. So if some some states use the carrot, us. and some states use the stick. Right, as I'm seeing traveling the nation, some states choose a carrot, and some choose a stick. What is a bushel? Like how much I is kinda, it? how much is a bushel of locusts? I I kind of think the stick works really well with homeless people. <laughs> I'm just I just you know because there's none of them are here, mm-hmm. right? Because. Because Idaho gives them the stick. Have you seen right? stick in Idaho t- towards a homeless person? Have you seen it happening? 
No, because there's literally not a single. We've seen because in I, Portland, we've seen single homeless person here. You've seen carrot right where it's like it, this side. As long as your tent doesn't cover the whole sidewalk, you can have a tent here. As long as your your tent it doesn't cover someone's entire living room, you can just live in their apartment, <laughs> and they can't kick you out. <laughs> as long as you let them use their kitchen too. You can live in someone's apartment. I've seen what the carrot does to homeless people, and I've seen what the stick does. And the, the stick gets rid of them. Mm-hmm. Carrot makes your city like a, like basically like how Baghdad was an occupied city. Uh, Portland's an occupied city from the homeless. It makes me. Think I love it, shitting on Portland. Now. It's just like Sorry, the swarms make Portland, me think of so you. many other I just, swarms. I like doing it. It makes me think of so many other swarms, like the swarm of of fathers with electric right. bikes picking up their kids from school. Like it's it's a it's a locust swarm right. of electric that's bikes a swarm. with their kids on the back. Yeah, right. That's a swarm. Well, because even even more so because one one father with an electric bike, he it much like the grasshopper turning to a locust. The other fathers see it and they're like, "Oh, I need an electric bike. I need to morph Whoa. into that yeah. electric oh, bike. Oh, I need to become a locust. Right. And then I need to be morph into father with right. electric bike." And then there's sprinter vans in, in rich liberal cities. When someone gets a big house and they park the sprinter van in front, the next house over is like, wait, I need to morph into a sprinter van. Yeah, right. I need to look, I need to like, look I like, like I could, I could go to Burning I, Man at any time. I may be super rich, but I also am Mad Max. I can become Mad Max at any point. <laughs> I might be super rich, but also I'm also rich enough to go to Burning Man if the tickets were – if the concert was playing every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I could I could burn it any second. Like right now, I could drop everything and go to the burn. Or the I mean, or the logo swarm of in conservative cities in in Idaho, Cortland, Idaho. The f- amount of flags that are going in the back of trucks, just like if one truck has three flags, you would think that the next dude was like, I need to have my four flags being my fuck Biden flag, my like guns <laughs> flag, my you know Confederate flag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's only so many flags you can put on your truck, right? Or is has that blown your mind? Has there been more places to put flags than you no. could have ever imagined? One thing is that the flag doesn't need to be very creative. It just needs to say, I am conservative. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be, like, very creative. It could just have a picture of a gun. You could just word art a picture of a gun, and that would get your point across. No, but you need – but right? don't you need the other flags, like the fuck Biden flag and the, you know, the Confederate flag, Right. I wonder if they go out of favor. I think that one, the 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 Trump, like having an old Trump flag, is really cool now for conservatives because it shows that like you like the- Trump back uh-huh. back in the election and you're still with them. So it's like a throwback. No matter like literally, no matter what happens, you are going to ride it with him. <laughs> yeah, it's like a throw. It's like getting a retro. I think getting getting like an old campaign flag from Trump is kind of like getting a retro sports jersey. Mm-hmm. For conservatives. I like how. Um, anyway, um, here's the crazy thing, okay, about about this locust, about this locust swarm. Mm-hmm. Again, 1875, it's the size of California. Literally, it would blanket all of California. 27 years later, in 1902, this species of locust went extinct. Not a single one was left. From 27.5 million tons of locust body. Mm-hmm. 27 fast forward 27 years in 1902 they're all gone all these locusts so it's it's like one of the great extinction mysteries of of like the modern ish era how, so scientists how can't is it really mystery? figure out how 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 is it a mystery they don't what bugs don't live that long right what's what's the mystery what's there to figure out no dude the species the species what <laughs> I'm sorry, I've completely lost the ability to turn the sound effects down. This is what I just realized. So I apologize for that. Keep going. Get it out of here. Hey, do you <laughs> yeah. understand what I mean? This, the fucking species went extinct. Yeah. Let's be, okay. Right. Okay. So how did they go extinct? Do you get because that, Adam? You would think it, it wasn't just it wasn't just the swarm. Okay. Because, it, it was the species. Yeah. The species goes extinct, like an endangered mm-hmm, species. Mm-hmm. Because you would think that many locusts, they would have that many little locust babies and continue the locust swarm, right? Oh my god, so you there you go. So you put it together why it's weird that so many died 27 years later. Right? So um the theories surrounding this die-off are that the death of the buffalo contributed to the extinction because the buffalo running around the plains 
it was basically making a habitat for the locusts. Oh, and they, they live on them? They the lived buffalo. on the buffalo? No. So, like, if you think about a bunch of buffalo stampeding around the plains, uh-huh. they, like, create all these depressions, right? Those mm. depressions fill up with water, and that is a perfect breeding ground for locusts. Oh, for wow. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. some cool ecology. Yeah. So, so, right. So, without the buffaloes creating those little, small hoofprint habitats, that they went extinct. Okay, so not only did the native peoples need the buffalo, but also the locusts. Everything is connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything is connected, mm-hmm. right? Does Idaho need Jews? Right. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. Right? Do the locusts Probably need the buffalo like they, Idaho they needs, a, needs a Jewish person? That's exactly right, and that's what I'm trying to figure out while in Idaho. How, <laughs> you're I doing a meta-analysis? I wanted to introduce... I want to introduce myself and just be, I want to introduce myself and be like, Hey, like on the hiking trail. Hey, I'm a Jew and just shake their hand and see what happens. And <laughs> be like, Hey, just like, Whoa, I heard there's, holy some, I heard there's a Jewish person on this trail. Or I should be like, Hey, up, up by the top. There's a Jew. There's a Jewish person up by the top. And they'll be like a, what? Watch out. A Hebrew. They'd be like, they're like, what? Like a half Jewish person. <laughs> like, no, a, a full Jew. I seen him. Okay. The, the buff- did not go to church this morning. <laughs> the buffalo need the locusts. <laughs> um, what is happening now with locust swarms? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the modern day locust swarm. Swarms are worst in East Africa, including Kenya, Somalia, and Ethiopia, and they're worsening in the Middle East and Southwest Asia. Basically, it's fucking bad. Okay. In Kenya, they are currently facing the worst outbreak in 70 years. One swarm in northern Kenya, one one of those big swarms, w- is so big that it would cover the city of Paris. Twenty, so twenty four cities of Paris, this swarm would cover. In Kenya, um, in Kenya, these countries have a. In Kenya, yeah, when these countries have a swarm this bad, they can eat uh, over eighty percent of the crops. Oh my god! And these are it's 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 already a country that's not doing well. Wait, is it happening? So it's happening right now. This swarm, this locust swarm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's is that, is that wild shit? It's killing eighty percent of the crops in Kenya right now. Uh, the experts say that it can kill eighty percent of the crops. I'm not sure how bad it's been in Kenya. One of the biggest problems with the locust swarm is guess what? The coronavirus has stopped. Like they haven't. So the way that they fight them is obviously is with pests. It's not very technological. It's just spraying the shit out of pesticides, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the biggest problems has been because of coronavirus, they can't get the supplies of pesticides or even like helicopter pilots to to fly helicopters to dump the pesticides. Mm-hmm. So corona has actually made it worse because they don't have any of the supply chain to do anything about it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, according to scientists, the reason that the, these locust the locust worms are getting worse is because of the increase in hurricanes. So the increase in hurricanes leads to more moisture, which leads to leads to better locust breeding conditions. Um, the swarms can easily they can travel across countries in days, and it, this is crazy. Even some swarms, there were some swarms in 1988 that traveled all the way from northern Africa across the Atlantic Ocean and arrived in South America. Mm-hmm. So they can literally travel from Africa to the U.S. What? Um, it makes it. Yeah, they can literally cross an ocean. I don't know how that's possible, but they did it. In 1988, they did it. They, cr- they crossed the entire Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um, it, yeah, it makes it very hard to treat because these locusts are a multi-country problem. Mm-hmm. Um, accor- according to the Food, Agriculture, Food and Agriculture Organization from the United Nations, one square kilometer of locusts mm-hmm. can eat as much food in a day, as would be consumed by thirty-five thousand people. One square kilometer. Just Jesus. one. Just yeah. So imagine the 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 swarms I just talked about were one that was the size of California. The other one is the size of twenty-four Paris's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so imagine those swarms, and now just one square kilometer of locusts can eat as much food in a day as would be consumed by thirty-five thousand people. Jesus. Yeah, so, okay, so they, this, is, this sounds uh, how could you live? Grams. Well, how could you live in that country then if this locust swarm is that bad? Uh, it's fucking I don't know. 
it's it, it a locust so a locust weighs two grams mm-hmm. and it can essentially it can it can consume its body weight so it's like you consuming like 160 Wait, pounds but don't they day. live don't they live in places that don't have a lot of nutrients so they would live in like the sahara desert right or some deserty right. arid yes. region of the country they're not going to live in a lush maybe an oasis rich place yeah, dude, but they migrate, but then they migrate in the swarms, like I just said. So, like, they can fly across countries in days. So, once they once they become locust, they migrate, and they just fly across cities and eat the shit out of all the crops. What are they in the rainforest? If you see these... No, they're, like, in the Sahara Desert, Adam. Then they become locusts, and they migrate No, I know, the but do they migrate to, like, a rainforested area? Or do they migrate, they migrate to human cities? They migrate cities? to crops. Yeah. Human crops. Mm-hmm. Where they eat them for their food. Okay. Well, uh, I, just, I don't understand. A, if they eat eighty percent of the crops, how is this? How is this happening right now? How are people living there? Are they just fucked? They're fucking. They're just fucked I don't from know. Locusts? It's, just, it's they're fucked. It's a huge problem. This is a fucking real ass. It's a huge problem. It's another problem that climate change is causing. There's the massive hurricanes that we have now, mm-hmm. and now there's fucking huge locust swarms. And you know, maybe there'll be more. I, I don't know. Is the, it? Is there evidence that like the that Corona is tied to climate change or no, we're not there yet. I mean, you'd ha- you would think that maybe it has something to do with it. Right. I mean, you would I think, think, I think that the, evi- the evidence everything, is everything shitty does. We're coming into contact more with wild animals because they're venturing away from their normal habitats. And therefore we are getting more of these diseases. Does that make sense? Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That does. That's yeah. interesting. Um, so again, the way that they fight it, fight them in Kenya is that they just spray pesticide. Another problem with the pesticide is that we can't get the supply chain there because of Corona. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's steamroll. It's like you know, in into thin air when it's like you try and diagnose how did into thin air is a backpacking book about the uh, the Everest disaster. Was it 1990 or something? Yeah, I forget the um, I forget the date. But but basically, if you try and you're like it's a bunch of like the most experienced people ever. And they have a disaster in Everest. And the interesting thing is, like, how did this happen with these people that were so good at it? And what you realize is that it's not one thing. It's, like, a buildup of 20 small things mm-hmm. that happened in a row. And so it feels like that with Corona and then with the swarm and then with the Jewish people moving to Idaho. Mm-hmm. What next? Right. Well, the Jewish, you know I mean? we haven't morphed so- into locusts, into Jewish locusts. Because there isn't enough of us yet. Well, Jewish lo- I think that... If you do move to Idaho, then mm-hmm. yeah, right. There isn't really enough. Mm-hmm. There isn't really enough. But if you move to Idaho, I think that you know the Idahoans might consider you a Jewish locust. However, I, I honestly think that the Dodge Sprinter van couples they have morphed into locusts, and now they're a new. It's a new no, species a thing. of rich Bay Area person where it, you know they're super fit. They wear a hat like a surfing hat, and they die. Then they drive a Dodge Sprinter van. You become a different beast. Then you know wherever so you funny. came from. It's, it's, it, you become you become a Bay Area couple, like older couple. Well, mm-hmm. It's so funny though, because it's like it's only in like a rich liberal city. Is there Dodge Sprinter vans, and are they locusting? Is everyone have to buy one? So in Bend, Dodge Sprinter vans, right? Bellingham, Dodge Sprinter vans. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, not a single Dodge Sprinter van. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What do they have you instead? I mean? Speedboat, but it's- speedboat, right? Let me tell you, there's six and a half hours that separate Bellingham, Washington, and mm-hmm. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. And there might as well be the, the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Interesting. Okay. How many more locust yeah. swarms do you have? You you described the one in Kenya. Where other swarms are there? Well 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 that's that's just the fucking dude. Well, they're going it's Kenya, Somalia, Ethiopia, and then the Middle East and Southwest Asia are having some of the worst locust locust swarms they've ever had. Right. Okay. Now. And they're worse for because other of- Sorry, why why exactly are they worse because of climate change? Why why does that make them worse? Yeah, because we're having more more and longer hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And because of the longer hurricane season and the bigger hurricanes, there's more moisture and ah. that leads to more and longer breeding conditions for the locust. Okay. That makes okay. Yeah, that and makes that, sense. And that's how climate change affects the locusts. That's how climate change affects locusts. For some reason, the swarms, they like moisture. Like the brood X cicadas, they like moisture too. They, they're like, oh, there's moisture on the ground. It's time for us to swarm. Yeah, it's really interesting because actually the Rocky Mountain locust swarm, which is the one in 1875, the biggest one ever in the U.S., 
um, they actually swarm. They actually swarm because of a drought, and I'm not sure why that is. So they. So it does seem like it can be either with different species. It can be either or, but for the most part, it's the rain. It's it's the rainy, okay. the moisture. Um, other methods of locust control that are that you know more natural methods that are better than pesticides that we're still researching. Um, Lu Liji which is exactly how you say his name, mm-hmm. a researcher at the Zhejiang Provincial Institute of Agriculture Technology, announced that ducks could be an effective way to control locust infestations. How? So each duck, yeah, each duck can eat as many as 200 locusts a day. So you put a duck in a locust swarm, it just has an absolute buffet. Mm-hmm. It's duck buffet. It can eat 200 of them. In 2000, a 700,000-strong duck army were sent to Xinjiang to tame a swarm of locusts that had devoured over 3.8 million hectares of crops and grassland. Mm-hmm. So they just sent 700,000 ducks to go kill this locust swarm. Wait, who? Can you imagine? Who sent the ducks? Where did they get the ducks from? Where did they China, get the ducks from? China, 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 China. Like where in China, like, China, China? What do you mean? I, I don't understand. So they they went and they captured 700,000 ducks in the wild. I don't know how they fucking did it, but they fucking did it. Can you can you imagine? I mean, I wish we had a video of seven hundred thousand ducks meeting a locust swarm. Yeah. How fucking wild would that be? So when the ducks get in there, they're not they're not saying this is disgusting to have all these locusts on my duck body. They're saying this is great. I get to eat no, all these bugs. They're like, this is fucking amazing. Okay. They're like they're like you know they're like an Idahoan that goes to Coeur d'Alene. It's like there's no you know there's no Jewish people. This is incredible. <laughs> So was it effective? Was it were the ducks effective? I think it was effective. I wish I had better results on the effectiveness of it, but I don't because this is due nature. So you don't so, know, you don't know if, also, if it was effective at all. But they released a bunch of ducks into they fucking China. Did it? <laughs> okay. Just imagine in your head seven hundred thousand ducks going just into locusts, and now think about liberals moving to Idaho, and it's basically the same. I, I here's what I don't get about that okay. one that you're saying. I don't understand what what is the capture method for getting that many ducks and releasing them at the same time you're talking about right, building a right. duck army is there like a duck a duck general you know are they how are they wired up together how do you right. release them at the is same there, time right is robert e lee is is robert e lee like a different color duck leading them sometimes when, washington's leading them into the into the into the locust when you say some things on this podcast i just want to make sure that people know how ridiculous they sound sometimes Right, but it's fucking true. Again, the Zhejiang, if you want to look it up, the Zhejiang Provincial Institute of Agricultural Technology, okay, look that up and then look up in, two, and look up in 2000 what they did, and they sent a fucking 700,000 strong army of ducks. Mm-hmm. Suck it, Adam. Um, in 2020, China sent 100,000 duck troops to Pakistan. So China shares a border with Pakistan. And Pakistan was Pakistan was having a locust infestation, mm-hmm. and China sent them a hundred thousand ducks to kill the locusts. Okay, and was it so effective? Is, I, I guess I don't know. You don't know. You're right. You know what? You're right. Getting data from things that happen in China is super easy. Who? So it was Chinese researchers releasing the ducks onto themselves, right? Not like another country releasing the ducks into China. It wasn't an international duck. Duck boundary crossing was what? it? What are you? What are you hung up on about this? I'm hung up on. I'm trying to imagine in my head. I'm thinking about okay, the the first meeting where they get together in China and they decide we're gonna we're going to capture seven hundred thousand ducks. Then what are the different steps that you need to take in order to acquire seven hundred thousand ducks? Keep them fed in captivity and then release them keep say- at the same time. You keep saying that. You, it's so crazy that you say that. So have you ever heard of this industry called the meat industry? Yeah. How many chickens do you think the meat industry has? Okay, but we're not talking so about the meat I, industry, I right? I definitely think that we have the possibility. We have. I definitely think that we have the possibility to grow to, you know, breed ducks as the as the locust fighting ducks. I okay, but this is a university, I, I don't right? Know what that's you're doing. Up on. This is a university that's doing it, right? Right. But, but the provincial institute of Agri- but what you don't understand is the universities in China they are government. It's like the government too. It's different than the U.S. Hmm. No, I get that, but seven hundred thousand ducks is a shitload of ducks. I, well, I'm wondering where they captured the ducks right. from. You know what? You know what? I want to move on. I maybe next episode do some fucking research and then come back with what you find. Yeah. Okay. We'll follow up on that duck one. 
Okay, I'm gonna send fucking hey, Daffy, duck Daffy, army. To kill. I'm gonna duck. send a duck army to kill you. Okay, I'm gonna send a fucking bunch of ducks to to kill you at mom's house. Um, okay. Also, a a team of researchers. This is another method. So the, the first method is the duck method that Adam somehow doesn't like. The second method is a team a team of researchers in the UK. They found that when grasshoppers change to locusts, they go into what they like to call the gregarious state, which basically just means that they become social. So again, the grasshoppers normally they're small brown creatures that don't give a shit about other grasshoppers. When they change into a locust, they go into their gregarious state and mm-hmm. they become social and then they attract other locusts and that's where the problems form. Single grasshopper is not really a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, when when they turn when they turn into this into a locust, they have an increase in serotonin levels. So just like when you take ecstasy, you have an increase in serotonin. Mm-hmm. The locusts have an increase in serotonin and they're like, I want to party and become a locust. Okay, so that scared me. That was literally so loud yep. that it scared me. Like I said, cannot turn the sound effects down anymore. I've lost that ability. Literally scary. Yeah, maybe if you were a duck, things would be better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, they found that, the scientists found that when you inhibit the serotonin in the grasshoppers, if you can somehow give them a serotonin inhibitor, um, they, they, w- they won't transfer to a locust. The wow. really The really good thing about this yeah, the great thing about this is that it's not like so right now they're just they're just spraying hazardous pesticides, which obviously are hazardous to other wildlife and they're hazardous to humans too. So if we can somehow just spray spray crops with a the serotonin inhibitor that if a locust lands on it, they won't or a grasshopper lands on it, they won't change to a locust, it's much more effective. Okay. So so that actually works pretty well if you can change stop them before they change. Yeah, if you can stop them before they change, exactly. Um, hmm. Serotonin also, inhibitor. Locu- That's crazy. Yeah, ser- yeah. So we got the duck serotonin inhibitor. Yeah, serotonin inhibitor. Um, according to nonprofit, mm-hmm. th- this is a nonprofit known as Food Tank. Food Tank is the name of the nonprofit. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. The nonprofit named Food Tank. Okay, locusts. Locusts are superior to beef in terms of nutrition. The, a locust, one locust, is 72% protein, including essential amino acids. They contain omega-3, iron, zinc, vitamin C, folic acid, B12, and shitin, whatever the fuck that is, without, without any cholesterol or saturated fat, uh, antibiotics, or hormones. So we should be eating these things. Um, protein, yeah, protein in locust meals exceed fish, exceed fish and, and fucking beef. And so basically... We're all going to be eating locusts in about 20 years. Why aren't we eating locusts now? Um, can, can we, how do you serve well, a locust? Locust with basil? Locust with, with some black pepper? Right. Butter? Buttered locust? So, oh my God, it's funny. You bring this up. In 1875, mm-hmm. some, someone, because lo- in the Rocky Mountain Locust pl- Plague, someone came up with like a recipe, like salt, pepper, and butter, and some stuff to make the locust really good. Mm-hmm. And like he sent it out. And people wouldn't eat the locusts because they just hated them so much. They said there were quotes that they were like they were like they didn't have any food because their their crops were bad. They're like and they would say I would rather starve than eat like these hell creatures, these demons. Because they hated them. Well, now people people won't <laughs> eat them now because them. they're fucking gross. It's gross. It's gross to eat in this country. Right. It's gross they to eat a bug. Gross. However, we do eat lobster, which is kind of like a bug. You think about it. When I was eating a shrimp the other day, shrimp is kind of an insect. You know how how far away from a Locust is a shrimp, really. Sort of insecty. Um, well, let me just tell you. I think in 20 years, we're going to have no option. I mean, I think what that to these eat countries bugs? first, they're, they're going to start eating the bugs first, right? Right. We're going to have to eat an, a so, fuck I mean, of like, bugs. Eventually, we're going to be eating bug. Yeah, we're going to need to eat a bunch of bugs. Right? No, we're going to have to eat a bunch we're of bugs. We're going to be eating bugs. Sure. It's the future of food. I remember when we were doing that. It's definitely the future. It is. Okay. So, so, on, so interesting. So, on February 19th, 2020... Kenyan billionaire industrial industrialist Peter Kaguru, he offered to buy and process locusts for animal feed at an offering price of fifty Kenyan shillings per kilogram. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so he said that like if anyone if anyone brings him brings his company a kilogram of locust, he'll pay them fifty Kenyan shillings, and he'll make it into animal feed. So he's trying to like help his country out, right? Yeah, good so idea. The economy, good idea. Get animal feed. Yeah, it's very smart. How's that going? Uh, so. Not sure. Okay. Bang. Yeah, I not like a result. Not a results actually guy. Actually, not follow up on it at all. 
No, it's great. You just, it's the sizzle. It Once again, it's the sizzle. It's like a blog post. It's just, you know, Once whatever again. gets Once clicks. Once again, it's whatever gets I'm clicks a sizzle for you. guy. Yeah. Deeper dives, I'm, not I'm here. I'm a sizzle guy. Not for you. Yeah. Deep, not not for me. Not here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sizzle Understood. Guy. Understood. But anyway, good for, good for him. We're all going to be eating locusts. Um, yeah. Adam, it's, it's halftime honey time. Okay. Let's take a quick musical break, and I'm going to close the door to the, the back door of mom's house. And after that, we're gonna have half time honey. Weed. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my weed pen. Do you have your weed pen? Did you get your weed pen? Hey, dude. Hello. Yeah, I turned my video on so I could smoke. I turned my video on so I could smoke with you. Wow, that sounds nice. Let's turn our videos on. I would like that so that you could actually turn respond. Video- respond to my jokes. Respond to my jokes in time. Yeah, yeah. Also, when I pause for dramatic effect, or you're just going in on on ducks for no for no absolute reason, maybe you would see my face and stop. Right. I went in on ducks. By the way, listener, Adam has a mustache. It looks good. I like it. Mustache is a power play. Uh, Noah, this is the halftime, honey. Where. Yep. Discuss, we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. I find the story and Noah, he responds to his immediate thoughts. Okay? It also helps if you put your okay. big outline notes underneath the halftime honey so then it rises to the top and you don't have to find it. Noah, this is the halftime honey. Okay? This halftime honey toast goes out to Manga Bay, which is a journalistic company, a website. And they reported on a bunch of Canadian researchers and farmers working in, in, uh, how do you say, to, how do you say, in cahoots, cahoots, in cahoots, 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 for innovating, fighting swarms with drone technology by, Ooh, yeah, yes. using drones, not to release pesticides, but to release tons of parasitic wasps onto, oh yeah, no, onto locust swarms. So they're using, you know, the wasps what? that eat uh, eat insect eggs. They're called trichogramma. They're the base. They're the yeah. genus. Okay. okay, so they're the genus that is used most for biological control in the entire world. They are training training drones. They're programming drones to release these parasitic wasps above crops that cause in the U.S. Apparently, they cause a hundred billion dollars of damage per year. So the group tested the use of automation even to create these drones where you can fly 12 of them at the same time and you can program the route of 12 of the drones. And I watched a video of it. 12 drones with a bunch of wasps, wasp babies rise above this field and they drop just, just gallons of fucking wasps. All right. I'm going to need that video. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. So that is it's fucking cool. unbelievable. So it's using biological control, but it's also using new technology like the drones. Uh, as one okay, fa- as one farmer said, sick. one farmer said the whole thing in my mind just looks completely insane. They sound a little bit like a swarm of bees. He's talking about the wasps. They've created a new swarm of drones. There's also, you know, the swarm we aren't talking about is a swarm of men, single men, flying drones in national parks. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Hey, so, um, so a swarm, a swarm of drones. Drops a swarm of bees over a swarm of locusts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. You got that right. That is so fucking cool. One thing I worry—I I think that's fucking awesome, honestly. One thing I worry about, obviously, is you know what would be worse than a locust swarm is a swarm of angry parasitic wasps, <laughs> right? That would be a bit worse. So I worry that the the wasps they have a good time eating the locusts, and now we have fucking huge swarms of wasps, and that'd be a real fucking problem. Yeah, now we now we have large swarms of evil wasps that are trying to kill us. I I think that's really cool though. Do you know how effective like what happened the results? Yeah, you're so, a detail guy. Yep. So the the results are very promising because one of the big reasons is you can still label your produce as organic if you use this method because it's not using pesticides. That's one of the big pluses of using biological control. 
So you can still get Ooh, more. Pr- okay. You, st- you can still charge higher prices because it's organic, right? You're not using pesticides, and you still fight the the locust right. horde that's killing your crops. So not only do they use those drones for dropping the parasitic wasp eggs, but before they do that, they've been using drones for just imaging of their fields. So farmers have been using drones. They get an image back of their field, and they they can see the plots where there's tons of locusts. And then they send the second set of drones, which is a little a little black drone, which carries the wasps to that spot of the field. And the, the whole process is automated, right? So imaging drone goes, takes a picture, comes back, and then the wasp drone goes drops its insect eggs comes back to the hub in the drone hub dude that dude that is amazing yeah it's that's quite fucking cool is that currently in practice for like for is that the practice like the standard oh it's still operating procedure for fucking locusts well obviously it's cutting edge right so it's still in research in canada but in canada they are they are using it already this method that is epically cool. Yeah, it is fucking cool. So anyway, that half-time honey toast goes out to those drones. Where's my pen? I don't know my pen. Where's is. your fucking? I'm gonna take pen. a rip of my chai. That is not that tight. Okay, but I will rip the pen. Okay, this is you know what this is called. This is called a Jewish person smoking weed in Idaho. Okay, no, this is not allowed. <coughs> Did you guys hear my my fiance yelled at me? <coughs> She's like, "You're not driving. We have to drive to Montana today. Mm-hmm. <coughs> You're not driving." Uh, more, more. <coughs> is there less of a swirl? <laughs> I think I'm higher. I think I got higher because I'm in Idaho. All right. I don't know. It's like it's wrong, you know. So I got more high. What do you? <laughs> what What do you know about? So we're gonna do Brood X. <laughs> we talked a little bit about Brood X in the insect sex episode, but now we're gonna get really into it. So Noah, do you remember what Brood X is? <clears throat> Brood, oh, I like Brood your video on. Of, video back on. Video back on. Um, all right. Every 17 years, there are 15 separate broods of periodical cicadas that appear throughout the eastern United States. Brood X is the biggest of the 15 broods. It's called the Easter, Great Eastern Brood. Um, brood. <laughs> Great Eastern Brood. Brood 13 <laughs> will hatch in 2024 and will appear in Illinois and Wisconsin. So there are 15 different broods of cicadas. But Brood X is the biggest of the 15 broods, the Great Eastern Brood. Wait, 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 wait I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What do you mean by brood? Like a bunch of them brood. underground waiting to go? Brood. Yeah, there's a bunch Is that what of, that means? Yeah. It's like a cohort, like a graduate cohort, like junior, senior, sophomore, <laughs> senior, sophomore, whatever. Okay. Those yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. brood are all of the hatchlings that will, that will come out of the ground because they come out of the fucking ground. They will come out together. Okay. That form of brood so in the same spot. So you're saying that there's seven, there's like 17 different broods, and they're spread out across the U.S. just waiting to emerge. 15 different broods in the U.S. 15. Every 17 years, okay, the they're on a 17 year cycle. So one brood, brood X is one of the 15 broods. It's on a 17 year cycle. Brood 13, okay, that will hatch in 2024 is also on a 17 year cycle, and they will hatch in Illinois and Wisconsin. In every seventeen years, okay, is this a speci- is this a specific type of cicada or just or just all cicadas? That's yeah, it's how they work. confusing, right? So there's three species of cicada that hatch in each brood. Each brood has three different species. Okay, and the different species are Magicata septendicium, Magicata cassini, and Magicata septendecula. Okay. And each brood has each of these three, and these three have different. They have different mating sounds. They the crazy vibrating brood. sound. Yeah, they each have different brood. harmony sounds in their brood. Okay, brood. so the brood cicadas <laughs> brood. brood. They're different from normal cicadas that hatch every because every summer in the eastern U.S. you hear annual cicadas, right? They make a lot of noise in the eastern okay. U.S. Yes, these periodical cicadas they live most of their lives underground like i was saying they suck they, the way that they live is they suck xylem sap from tree roots so they live their they entire life tree root. yeah it's like if you were born you would live underground until you were a teenager graduating high school and then you would then you would come up from the ground and party and 
and drink and party and and bang basically is what they're doing for a couple weeks. Uh, so they they come up to they come up to bang. They actually live relatively long lives for insects. They live long lives, but they live most of their lives underground eating tree sap. Boring lives. Right. And and then they come up, they come up to do to do they come up to do so they all hatch at the same time. Are they all the same age? They all come up the same time? Yeah, they're all the same age. Basically the same so age. So they come up and bang. They come up to bang to reproduce. Yeah, they come up to bang and then to reproduce, and then their babies go back underground and become teenagers, and then they come back up, bang, reproduce. That's what they do. But before they come up, they make these okay, little... Oh, I see. They make these mud turrets, or they make their holes before they come. So people know they're coming because in the eastern U.S., in Virginia, in Tennessee, you can see these just giant fields of mud holes, like I was showing you on the insect sex episode and they come yeah, out of those yeah. fucking holes it's disgusting it's honestly fucking filthy um i will show you let me show you this uh-oh testing the falcon here that's not a very good picture but you can see kind of with a screen share do you see it yeah i see it look at their little fucking holes I mean, isn't that disgusting and they just come out of their little it's little holes as fully formed ready to bang cicadas yeah, that's fucking nasty. Okay. That's I didn't know that there were there were like fifteen of them across the U.S. that have different times they're gonna emerge and they just create. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing once they go out of their hole and mate, mm-hmm. they must go into the hole, re- reproduce, and then die. No, once or lay eggs and die. Once they're whatever. gonna mate, they're only alive for three weeks. They go out, they bang, they have babies, and then they die. And they they're okay right. Yeah. So once they emerge, it's three weeks left. Yeah, it's three weeks left basically. Okay. Okay, cool. Some of them are actually on thirteen-year cycles as well. Not everyone's on a seventeen-year cycle of the periodic cicadas. And like I was saying, there are okay. also a bunch that ha- hatch annually. That's why you still hear the noise in Virginia. You know, in the forest, you'll still hear the noise of the crazy cicadas. Right. So why do they hatch like this? It's something called prey satiation. So by coming out in huge numbers, all the predators that eat cicadas, like raptors, fish, spiders, snakes, turtles, house cats, and even zoo animals have been documented to eat them, like meerkats, monitor lizards, sloth bears. Basically, everybody gets in on the brood party. So they can, all the animals that eat them, they get full, and then some survive. So that's a survival mechanism for the species, is that... Some of them will survive because every predator will be full on its brothers and sisters. That it's so it's kind of like when the undead rush the walls of Game of Thrones and they put out the fires by just their bodies. Mm-hmm. Precisely, precisely a, the same just thing. Just a mass, just a mass of flesh. Um, that's cool. That's interesting. So that's why they do it. Yep. As a University of Connecticut ecologist says, the success of the species effectively banks on the sheer volume of cicadas. Okay. So, what are the effects of this crazy brood hatching every 17 years? Well, there's a baby boom, especially in the bird populations of, of bluebirds, jays, thrushers, stuff, stuff like that, little little finches, that corresponds exactly with the map of cicadas. So, if you drew a map of where the cicadas were hatching, like in Brood X, we know exactly where they're hatching, basically. The birds there, right. smaller birds, will have a baby boom, and the birds will, will fly off the charts. Because of all the things that's to eat. Cr- yeah. Super cool. So like that generate, that's the baby boomer of birds is, is, is timed on these mm-hmm. seven, 17 year or 15 year cycles. Yeah. So basically when times are good, then baby booms happen, which got me, got me a lot to thinking, right? Does this happen in humans as well? That's really tight. Well, it thinks that it, are we timed to the cicada? Are we timed to the cicada? Well, tell me, we may not be timed to the cicada, but we are timed in the same way those birds are. We're at, at times of plenty, we will have a boom. And at times of a famine, we will have a bust. So what do you think is happening right now during COVID? I would say that we're not having as many babies, but people are bored. But we're not having as right, many babies. Right. We're having a ba- So some people predicted that we would have more babies because people are bored together. But what's actually happening is right. we're having a baby bust. Birth rates right now, they're the lowest they have ever been an official record since we started keeping track a hundred years ago, the lowest they've ever been. So this year, wait, they're the lowest they've ever been lowest they've ever been. So this year there were 3.6 million babies born 
which is the lowest number of births since 1979. And obviously, because there was less people in, in 1979, there was 225 million people. In 2020, there are 327 million people in the U.S. So we made the right. same babies that we did then, but we have way more people. So the rate is way worse. That's crazy. Yep, exactly. Okay, as the New York Times says, I, the, the birth rate is the lowest it's ever been. At some point, the question is going to be, the women who delayed having babies, are they ever going to have them? If they don't, that's a permanent notch in the American birth structure. That is really fucking interesting. It's inter- Interestingly, it affects it affects people more if they're on the fringes of the average birth rate. So if they're like 18 to 24, that range, or they're like 40 to 45, yeah. I guess people are still having babies when they're in their 40s. You can do it. But it affects you way more. So you're about 25% less likely to have a baby if you're there. But if you're like 25 I to see. 30, you're about 5% less likely. So if you're on the fringes, there's less of a chance of you having a baby now than there has ever been. Right. So, so if you're in the prime, you're probably going to do it. But if you're on the fringe, you're like, nah. Yeah. So this it's too difficult. This now. COVID birth, you know, bust birth defect has pushed the average age of birthing way up. So in 2010, what do you think the average age of a mother was? It's in the U.S. Uh, I want to say I want to say like 28. That's way older than what this is. The average Damn. age in 2010. Idaho gets down. Idaho gets down. The average age in 2010 was 23. Okay. Tw- yeah, okay. 23, right? That includes wow. all pregnancies. In 2021, the average age is 27. It was a massive difference between the two. Damn, there's a four-year difference. Right, and it might not all be a bad thing to have babies later when people are more prepared, right? It's not all a bad thing, but now we in the United States, we are effectively, we're having less babies than there are deaths. So we're actually losing people. Once again, might not be a bad thing. Isn't that a good thing? I think that's kind of a good thing. I hate to say it, but you know, maybe then the, maybe, maybe Jesus homeless, the, the decision that you have to make or having to buy a $600,000 home that's on the wrong side of the track still Maybe that'll go away. Yeah, maybe it will go away. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, I love that. So, so you connected locust swarms to human birth rates during COVID. Yeah, basically to sum it up is that locusts or cicadas, when things are good, you have a lot of babies. And when things are bad, you won't have any babies. And that applies to humans as well. So why do cicadas make that jays. make the and blue jays and I guess sloth bears too? Why do cicadas make that weird sound? Okay, only the males make the sound with an organ called a tympanic membrane. It's near the base of the wing on both sides of its body. The sound protects the cicada f- from predators, is what people think. It's so loud it protects them from predators. I guess it doesn't do a very good job because fucking everyone eats them. So it's really Wait, just annoying. That's what they think it protects. Why does it protect them from predators? Because it annoys the shit out of them. Uh, I, I guess it, it's so loud when you get up close to them that, yeah, predators wouldn't want to get near them. But it's not true because the, the homeless people, they're homeless so people have the same strategy in Portland. <laughs> How so? They're so loud and disgusting that no one wants to no one wants to manage it. Oh, wow. So they're just like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the same. It's probably the same. Um, okay, so each species, and once again, there are three species of cicada in these broods. They have a different type of sound, and that's what identifies them. Here, I'm going to play you a little clip of the different types of sounds. Okay, that wasn't the sound. Oh, that's the video firing up. We're firing up. Here we go. Okay, that's a generic sound, I guess. Okay. That's a white noise. Whoa. Yeah. So that was Septon Desum. Cicada? Right. So that sounds like that sounds like fucking aliens are attacking, but I guess it's Septon Desum. Like sounds like a submarine. Guess it's not a submarine. Um, this it's is sep- actually so annoying that animals don't prey on them. It's a Septon Decula. That's nasty. That sounds like a fucking insect. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm officially annoyed. Right. I want to get away from it. <laughs> All right. This is Cassini. 
Someone's got a little trill. It's the Latin. It's the Latin cicada. <laughs> All right, those are the three different types of cicadas. They have different sounds, and they kind of when they combine together, they make sort of a harmony. If you put the sound waves together, which is interesting, and I would like to look uh, more <laughs> at. All right, so that's really tough. weird cicada stories about brood X. So in 2004, a man. Yeah, don't in, tell me. I got uh, like two minutes left. Okay. I forgot to check out my Airbnb, so tell me. A man in Indiana broke out in head, head to toe in tives after consuming nearly 30 cicadas. Okay. <laughs> it turned out he had a shellfish allergy, and which is a problem because I guess cicadas are a relative of shrimp. So there you go. Um, and I talked about That's fucking nasty. A plane carrying journalists and Joe Biden, who was supposed to go to Europe, was delayed for five hours in Virginia because of mechanical problems because of all the the cicadas in the engines. So there you go. There's a bunch of funny cicada um, stories online too. That's fucking. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's fucking awesome. Honestly, I think the human birth rate during COVID is crazy. I think that uh, it's crazy that birds time time their like they have a big baby boom during the 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 hatching mm-hmm. and then there's just different broods under the ground waiting to waiting to erupt like a volcano yeah yeah do you want to do open kimono yeah oh uh, yeah that, i guess that was my open kimono real quick i gotta go we gotta drive to montana listener thank you so much for listening we love you very much adam mm-hmm. what what's uh, adam give us sarah give us a sarah update real quick uh sarah sarah update is that she will be living in new york again with the cicadas and you know she's May looking she for she's looking May for she. a mate. She's ready to party and she's looking for a mate. She's very much like a cicada, almost. Like, and she May has red boyfriends. eyes too. Yeah. <laughs> May her boyfriends like cicada. Uh, leave us a message at dude underscore nature at Instagram if you like the episode. Give something to say to us. And as always, please leave us a review. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye.